What are you going to tell us, tough guys? My usual. Zero. Nothing. <laughs> All right, and we're back here for another week, just like that. It goes pretty quick when you, like, I sort of forget about it every now and then, and then Monday comes around, I go, gee, I've got to get that podcast studio set up. And to be fair, I had a look at the YouTube video the other day, not convinced the amount of time it takes to set up this little studio that you're looking at, if you're watching it, is worth it. Because the amount of views that I'm seeing over there, it's, uh, it's questionable. But we'll look at it as a long-term investment, and we'll just we'll just keep on rocking with it. But if you're enjoying the podcast, as long as the audio sounds good to you, I'm uh, I'm very happy. That's the main that's the main priority. I'm that kind of person who, when I start something, my my idea is naturally just uh, I have a tendency to go towards. I was going to say more complex, but I think the truth is I've actually got a tendency just to try and improve it. So the idea of just doing audio, when I know that you might want to watch it on video as well, it just seems preposterous to me. And so, and so here we are with Steve Prefontaine in the background, my new Sharon football uh, awarded plant. It's slightly out of the frame today because there's a couple of parts of the leaves here which are, they probably don't deserve to make the cut for, uh, for YouTube, to be honest. And so if you're just listening to the audio, you're just like, man, just say, hey, you know what? You don't need to keep talking about the visuals because I can't see anything, but that doesn't matter. Let's get into it. Hey, guess what? I've banned myself from Facebook for a year. I've said it. You can all keep me accountable to that. If any of you see any activity on my Facebook profile in the next 12 months, it's October the 11th today, 2021. If you see any activity on my Facebook profile uh, between now and October the 11th, 2022, you can call me and say, mate, you are one of the most undisciplined blokes I've ever met. You promised me. You said you wouldn't do it, and here you are. Liking people's statuses, trying to put up funny jokes, trying to tell people what you think's funny, trying to make an announcement about your political stance. No one cares, Tyson. No one cares what you have to say about this particular issue <laughs> or, or maybe any particular issue, which is why it's a questionable decision to have a podcast where you just talk for about an hour on your opinion on all issues. But if you know what, you didn't have to be here. No one's coercing you to be here unless I've sent out like a cash prize to some of you to say, hey, if you listen to it, I'll give you money. Everyone else is here voluntarily, so you can't, you know, I didn't force you to be here is what I'm saying, but I've known for a long time that Facebook is, I I, I never, like when I come home from the gym, let, let's look at it this way, I come home from a gym, I have a hard workout, <clears throat> I'll do some bicep curls, I'll do some squats, I'll, I'll do the whole, I'll do the whole work, so I'll try and get my body just in shape, and at the time, whenever I'm there, I'm always like, oof, this is, this better, this better be worth it, like I hope I leave this place and I'm grateful for being here. So I'll go and spend an hour at the gym and I'll come out and I go, man, you know what? I, I don't feel that great right now. I don't feel that attractive. I don't feel that impressed or in that impressive, I should say. But but there's there's some part of me deep down that goes, you know what? You did the right thing. You did the right thing. Even if it's leg day. Even if I had to do squats and I couldn't quite hit the couldn't quite hit the, the number of squats that I was trying to do, I'll always leave and I go, you know what? You're better for it. And I, I've never had that on Facebook. I never I never get that experience on Facebook where I, I leave after 15, 20 minutes, just having a look around, reading people's comments, chucking up a status, chucking up a picture and going, you know what? I'm better for that. <laughs> it's not even, it's not even that I'm, I'm, I'm not that fussed about whether everything I do makes me better, but I just, it, I, I would say it, it's arguably making me feel substantially worse. I don't know. What is it about Facebook? It's like, I've, I think I've got a little bit of an addictive personality. So like when I put something up or, or when I see something, or I, 
I, I find it hard to switch off. So I'll go back and check something 5, 10, 15 times just to see what people are saying. I don't want to be left out of the loop. And I hate that feeling. I hate as though I hate that feeling of being being constantly tied to something. Not in all not in all aspects. I mean, I'm I'm very happy to be constantly tied to my wife. Not literally. Do you know that would be a different story. If if I was literally tied, uh, it would be it'd be something that I probably wouldn't enjoy, to be honest. Uh, not because not anything personal against her. I just like my own time. I'm the kind of guy I just need a I need to be able to get outside of the house by myself for a couple of hours each day and just just let things filter through. And I think if I was physically tied to my wife or anyone for that matter, it, it wouldn't be ideal. But I, I hate that I hate that feeling of being tied to Facebook and being like, oh, okay, I wonder I wonder what people are thinking. I wonder what they're saying. Um, it's such a I feel like it's a little bitch scene as well. <laughs> In a way, there's so many bitches on there. And I, I've probably been that guy a couple of times. More than a couple, maybe. More than a couple of times I've been a bitch on Facebook. I get passionate about something and my emotions take over and I go, all right, I'm going to reach my whole community and tell them exactly what I think about this. And then I do that. And then all these people come back and start bitching about my opinion. And then I have to justify it. I know I spoke to you guys about this a couple of weeks ago. But I'm no longer interested in that game. It's, it's exhausting. Especially if you want to do it well. Like if you actually want to put some thought into your responses to people, you actually want to think about what it is that you're saying, if you actually want to be able to just make sure that what you're saying is just true as a start point, uh, let alone make sense, it's uh, it's so time consuming. And that's one thing, like I already knew before I had a kid, I knew how limited I was in the day for time. I knew that there wasn't a whole heap of time just to be able to go out and do whatever you want. That's why my surfboard's been sitting in the back left corner of this studio for a couple of weeks now. I need a... It's not a big priority. You know, there's only so many times you can come in from your surfboard feeling seasick and think, mm, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not 100% sure that this is the best decision for me to, uh, to to use my time. There's not that many surfers that come back from the water that look like they're good surfers and say, oh, gee, it was a bit choppy out there today. I feel, I feel a little bit nauseous. I wish I didn't go out. I said to my wife yesterday, I go, babe, I think I'm, I think I'm just going to have a couple of weeks off surfing. She goes, oh, yeah, why? I go, it's just... I just hate the feeling of, like, you know what I said about you go to the gym, you come home, you feel good. Same is true for a run, not true for Facebook. Really true for surfing, I hate to admit. I always just feel dizzy. You know when you're a kid and you go on you go on those spinny things at the park and you get off and you're like, oh, that, honestly, I know Stephen said this is a good idea, but now I just feel like I'm going to vomit. And Stephen, for whatever reason, he's fine. I would iron stomach Stephen. Little bastards already on the monkey bars playing with his mates. I'm sitting here in the corner <laughs> try not to spew up in front of my little girl crush, Sarah. Anyway, it's childhood trauma, you know. I saw one too many kids fall off the monkey bars. I, I felt uh, I felt seasick. I felt motion sickness one too many time on the slides. Parks just aren't my thing anymore. Not for playing on. Workouts are a different story. Surfing, I'm, I'm, I'm ashamed to admit it. Because I like the look of surfers. I like it when people get off their surfboard. They come in, they look fresh. So many of them are like, mate, that's just a setup for a great day. I, my favorite part of going surfing is the coffee shop after. And and the thing is, the coffee shop's open even before I get in the water. So I think I'm going to eliminate surfing from my life and just go to the coffee shop. I don't know if that's true, though, because there's, there's something still super appealing to me about it. I like just being out in the water. I like that part. Like, I like being, I, I like feeling just absolutely surrounded by nature. Like, you're in the water with fish that you don't want to know. You know what I mean? Like, I live I live right near the beach here, and there was a there was a big shark, a three meter shark, caught off a pier about uh, four hundred meters from where I surf, in in uh, not that long ago. You know, that kind of stuff plays through my mind as well. So I'm constant. I'm so jumpy. 
I'm so jumpy out there. Like there'll be a little shadow, there'll be a bit of seaweed, and I'm jumping, I'm jumping around like a muppet. I bet that's what's causing my seasickness because I'm bloody constantly jumping. It's a, it's a worry because it's not. I've realised lately, it's not just when I go out there and. Uh, and it's really choppy that I feel seasick. I, I feel seasick when the water is... I'll go over the rise in a wave and I go, oh, gee, that bloody... Oh, that nearly got me. Thank God I didn't have food this morning. And I've got a reputation for it. Like My brother-in-law calls me Princess Stomach. And, you know, we don't want to get into details about that too much. But uh, essentially, there's been one too many times in my life where, where I've got sick in a situation where I shouldn't have. Driving home from Phillip Island with the boys in a surf trip five years ago, saying, hey, guys, I know you think this is a joke. Pull over. I still feel seasick. That was one. That's humbling. They didn't pull over for a while because they thought I was taking the piss, trying to be funny. I wasn't. wasn't funny when I vomited in your ute, Brendo, was it? That wasn't funny. Huh? That proved a point. I wasn't even trying to prove a point. I just vomited in your car and there you go, point proved. I was sick. <laughs> that was a long drive home to Melbourne as well. It was about an hour and a half from Phillip Island. And, uh, and to get back in the car with a group of boys that you've just been surfing with, you spent the day out with a group of, with a group of guys. You know, we're getting into surfing. We're out there doing, doing man stuff, talking man stuff, and you've just pulled over the car because you, you felt a little bit seasick. Like, try try holding a straight face. Try acting confident for an hour and a half in front of the boys when, you, when your stomach's been so upset by the water. You know, that's one thing. Second one, I've told you about this, I'm pretty sure. I went to the Great Ocean, uh, not the Great Ocean, Great Barrier Reef, 2016. A trip of a lifetime, something I'd always been so excited to do. We went out on a budget boat. It was smaller than it should be. We were half an hour in. I was asking my wife to call the helicopter. Dead serious. I was saying, babe, call. I don't care how much it costs. Call the helicopter. I'm I'm not going to make it. <laughs> I'm not going to make it, babe. Seriously, you have no idea. I'm seeing visions. I'm seeing visions. I can I can hear my stomach turning. Everyone's saying, look at the horizon. It's making it worse. Looking at the horizon when you feel sick does nothing, by the way. Next time you're on a boat and you feel seasick and someone tells you to look at the horizon, punch them. Punch them in the face. Get them in a headlock. Because... <laughs> Looking at the horizon does nothing because what happens, like people say, no, the steadiness of the horizon will just help your, it'll just help your stomach like feel a little bit better. It'll just help you feel a little bit more relaxed. It doesn't because the horizon, I, I don't know if this is scientifically correct. The horizon doesn't move, but as the boat moves, I can, I can see different, I can see different parts of the horizon. Like it moves back 10 meters every now and then. And that movement in the horizon just makes me go, oh, I feel, I feel worse than I did before you told me to look at that. And then some people, there's so many theories about what makes you feel better. Some people say, no, eat garlic or ginger. Some people say, no, you've got to put a, an ear, like a, what are those, when you go to bed? What are those things that block up your, an ear blocker? Earbuds, you know what I mean. Is it earbuds? It's like when you go swimming. When you go swimming, you have the, um... Let's say ear blockers. You know what I mean. I'm trying to say like sound eliminators. It doesn't matter. You're probably overthinking it, guys. It doesn't. You know what I'm trying to say. But some people say you got to you got to put one of those just in your right in your right ear or your left ear because it, it balances out some equilibrium. It doesn't work for me. I do. I'm just on a boat vomiting, looking like a dickhead because I still got my ear blocker in one ear, little foam ear blocker, like a dickhead. If if anyone ever tells me to put one in my ear again when I'm out on a boat. I'm not going to fire up, probably. It's not, not in my nature. I like to talk a big game. The truth is, I probably just won't. But I'll, I'll respectfully decline. I probably go, hey, you know what? I reckon you're probably onto something. But unfortunately, at this time in the day, I'm, I'm not really filling up to a discussion about what might improve this situation. Do you mind if I, if I just sort of just, just lean into the fact that I feel sick and I, and I might not make this trip? 
we got out to the Great Barrier Reef and uh, I, I had these images of it just being flat and I was so excited. I thought, you know what, Todd, just get out to where you, where you stop. I feel sick talking about it. Just get out to where the boat parks for the day. I'm, I'm realizing through this podcast, there's a lot of words I need to figure out the meaning to. Do you park a boat? I'm pretty sure you dock a boat, don't you? You anchor it. So we anchored the boat and uh, I said to the chick, look, I'm not, I'm not feeling great. I think I just need to get in the water. She goes, mate, unfortunately, you're just you're too sick to get in the water. You're going to have to stay here. I go, how long are we out here for? She goes, another five hours. I said, okay. I said, babe, just call me a helicopter. She wouldn't call. She's too excited to go swim with the turtles. There's nowhere for the helicopter. I'll, I, in, in my state of, of panic uh, about whether or not I would actually get through this experience, uh, the, the idea of calling a helicopter, it didn't really... It didn't make sense to me or it didn't occur to me that the, the closest island for the helicopter to, to land on was about 12 kilometers away. We had a boat full of people who were ready to snorkel. I was saying, hey, no, no, let's do some geo, some James Bond stuff. Throw me out to the island so that paratrooper can come down. It's not a paratrooper. Another word. It doesn't matter. Don't get so caught up on it that you can't focus on the content of the discussion. I want someone to come down on a winch, pull me up into that helicopter, fly me back to shore, do mouth to mouth or whatever you need to do, and just, just get me on with my day. Just take me to the cafe is what I'm saying. The last one was was Mount Everest. I tried to climb Mount Everest in 2015, but because I'd never climbed mountains before, I, I didn't know if it was my thing. And uh, the company that I was going to go with was like, "No, you're not. You can't just come and climb Mount Everest, mate. Like it's not. It's you can't just do that. You have to at least show a little bit that you can do it." I said, "Mate, I was born in the mountains." He goes, "I'm pretty sure I know your parents. They're from Gippsland." I go, "You know what? There's mountains nearby. It doesn't stop asking so many questions." Or I was trying to make a point to get me on the team. All right, am I on? They said, no. I said, it doesn't matter. I'm going to prove myself to you. And so we had to go up these two mountains. One was called Island Peak. Another one was called Mount Lobachet. And uh, Island Peak was the, it was the moment of truth. Everyone was saying to me, hey, just careful of the altitude. Just acclimatize slowly. Take your time. Walk slowly. You do your thing. Don't rush it. There's no hurry, all right? There's absolutely no hurry. So you just take your time. And so I did. I was taking my time. We were acclimatizing, going up to 4,000 meters, down to 3,400 meters or whatever it was. Finally got to Island Peak. My body was acclimatized. I'd been doing the Wim Hof breathing in the, in the two weeks leading up to the period of us getting there. It got to the day we got to camp. Uh, the local, the, the, um, the Sherpa cooked me up a nice bowl of oats. I said, thank you very much, Sherpa. He, he handed me the, the oats. He didn't tell me he cooked it in bloody dirty Nepalese water is what happened. He cooked it in dirty Nepalese water. See, I, white boy stomachs can't handle dirty Nepalese water. This isn't just my stomach. This is pretty just common knowledge over in Nepal. Mingma. Mingma said, hey, you know what? You probably shouldn't have eaten that. I said, Mingma, why didn't you tell me that as you saw me making it? He goes, I, 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 it just sort of occurred to me now that it was a bad decision. I go, Mingma, I'm in, I'm in for, there's going to be a journey, isn't it? Because they've got, a back, they've got bacteria in that water, which if it isn't heated up correctly, because my, my little Melbourne stomach isn't, uh, hasn't been predisposed, hasn't built enough, up enough tolerance to be able to get that water down, I can't, I can't do it easily. And so, and so Island Peak was the first mountain. I think it was only 5,800 metres uh, in height. It wasn't, the, it wasn't the tallest one we had to do. I think that's right. I might be getting that in the other mountain muddled up. Anyway, uh, half an hour into the eight-hour trek, I said to the guys, guys, I'm so sorry. I got to do a little poo. And at the time, it was, you know, when your stomach starts to do things where you're like, ah, oh, okay, this isn't just a poo. This is, this is trying to take out my kidneys. <laughs> just, if one of my kidneys come out, guys, just look away while I put it back in. 
You know, this is going to be a very dangerous and painful procedure. And it was, here's the thing with mountain climbing. It's it's very, uh, I don't know, it's very it's very outdoorsy. So I was obviously, because you're on a mountain, and, and by nature, the mountain is outdoor. So I probably didn't need to point out the fact that it's outdoorsy, because the, the very idea is it's an, it's an outdoor mountain, um, as opposed to those indoor ones that they're starting to do these days, which I, I just think are soft. I've never touched one of those indoor mountains. Do you know what I mean? Keep bumping your head on the roof if you get to the top. It's just, it's a silly idea. But but here's the thing. So I, I got half an hour into this trek. I said, guys, I've got to go to the toilet. And they said, no worries. Um, just careful in the dark, like when you take off your, your glove to wipe your bum, just careful in the dark that you don't lose your glove. But I was getting so disoriented. I was so embarrassed because I was making little fart sounds around the corner behind a rock. I could hear the people I was climbing with laughing. This is the thing. There's no, you get to a mountain, you think, oh, hey, guys, where's the public toilets? Do you know what I mean? Do they have heated seats? Yeah, no, you've got to shit behind a rock and people can hear the sounds. Because if you go too far off to the left, you fall off the face of the mountain. That's not what you want. You're never going to get to the top that way or at least take a long time. Yeah, especially if you plummet all the way down to the ground. So I was behind a rock doing a poo, hearing the people that I was here, like climbing with laughing at my poo sounds. And I was sick, so it wasn't funny. And I start pooing. I start, it was like that scene from Team America where like there's stuff coming out both ends and it was just a... I was like a little whiz fizz. Do you know what I mean? Those things that you... That's not a whiz fizz. One of those things you spin. A spinning top. There's so much force coming out each hand. I just started spinning in circles. It was, uh, And then uh, due to... I was so embarrassed. I got so flustered about the fact that... I, like everyone knew that I was clearly doing a poo because they heard it. I think they saw sprays coming out. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. They didn't hear. I was exaggerating. But I got so flustered that I left my, my glove behind the rock. And you just don't want to be that guy that doesn't look like he knows what he's doing. I was with a couple of Sherpas. They just live and breathe this stuff. One of the guys that I was climbing with, he was, uh, he's climbed Mount Everest seven times. He was smoking a cigarette at this point. I'm, I'm walking up there, like shitting and vomiting, and, and just I've lost my glove because I was so embarrassed about doing a poo in front of these people. This guy is, is it's honestly just like another day in his life. He's, he's standing there smoking like it's nothing. So long story short was I just kept getting sicker. The diarrhea just kept getting worse. The... You can't, and, and your thing is, you can't just hover. Like if you're waiting up for a person like me all day, um, I don't know. It just makes a five-hour or six-hour trek like a, a twelve-hour trek because I was literally stopping for fifteen minutes. So Kev, he said to me, mate, if you stop again, we're all going back down, and that's a lot of pressure, isn't it? You know. So I tried not to say anything for a while, and then I started to get that. Oh, you know when you just you start to get those cold feelings, the achy feelings. The only thing you want to do when you when you feel um, sick when you've got food poisoning or like a fever of any kind it's just you you want to be on your couch watching netflix watching squid games do you know which is pretty intense maybe not squid games because when your stomach feels a bit queasy there's some scenes in that 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 really might just throw you out it uh, and you're so focused on the subtitles that you know maybe the subtitles actually take away from the fact that you're you're in a little bit of pain so maybe squid games could be good it's definitely balanced between um it's bad because of how gruesome it is but it's good because the subtitles and the over-the-top emotional South Koreans, may I say. The over-the-top emotional South... I've never seen a, a, a TV series with South Korean actors. They're very emotional people I've seen, but I like them. They wear their heart on their sleeve, which is... I'm only two episodes in, so I'm not 100% sure what I'm getting myself in for. But I saw that red pill... Uh, sorry, red light, green light. If you haven't seen it, go watch the first episode of Squid Game. Get back to me. Oh, my gosh. Maybe the one, one of the most terrifying things I've ever seen. Cool concept for a show, though. Anyway, so I didn't prove myself. Island Peak, done. Uh, insurance, cancelled. 
company that I was supposed to go with him, mate, unfortunately, due to the legal requirements that are required for you to come to Mount Everest with us next year, you're not going to be able to come. I said, no worries. I got up the next mountain, which was taller and harder. No worries. Because I I ate sardines from a can that morning. I remember waking up at five, at 3.30 in the same tent as Kev, opening up a can of sardines, choosing each other, and then uh, putting down our boots. Going, mountain climbing's not my thing. Anyway, yeah, it's just, a, it's not my thing. Maybe the more I talk, the more I realize outdoors might just, maybe I'll just sit in this studio for a while and just Google this stuff. I love watching documentaries about Sherpas and surfers. Um, yeah, maybe they're my mentors, my inspirations, my aspirations. That's what I've got to work towards. But anyway, so I, and the other thing with surfing that I wanted to tell you about was, um, like, it's quite technical. I like running because all you got to do, you go out, you put your shoes on, you run. I've been running now for years. So I sort of, I get the idea. I, I understand I'm fit enough to run for pretty much as far as I want to an extent. Um, I, I, I never get motion sickness running, <laughs> which is a, a positive. It's literally, it's so quick. Like the quicker the turnaround between me being where I am and doing what I want to be doing, the better. That's why the idea of sailing just has no appeal to me because the idea of having to tie up a mask to a, to a flag and anything to do with knots, just no, stop talking, you know? And surfing, like the, it's not that technical. Obviously, you just got to get your, your board in the car, got to get your wetsuit on. Two easy steps, really. Um, I got a Nissan Pulsar, so it's a little bit more complex than you might think. I don't have roof racks, so it's just got to slide in through the back seat, through to the front seat, my surfboard. It's a six, it's a six foot three surfboard, so it just fits in nicely. But then I, I don't understand how to read the surf apps just yet because the other day I went down to Ocean Grove, which is a beach just down here, um, at, just near Great Ocean Road, and uh, it said the weather was good. It said the surf was good. I got down there. The surf was monstrous. It was terrifying. It was, it was honestly, I didn't, I didn't want to go in. I was that kid. I was with all the the little kids. Just they were catching their waves with the whitewash. You know, they would catch the whitewash with their parents. I was just, you know what? My parents aren't here, but I'll just catch the whitewash. It's a twelve meter ride. But then you, you've got to learn to understand the apps because you have to look at the. You've got to look at the wind. You've got to look at the weather. You've got to look at the sun. You've got to look at the tide. I I don't really get it all. I just if the sun's out, I go, hey, I wonder if the surf's nice today. So I'll drive down. I'll have a quick look and uh, and just see how we go. So the other day, Ocean Grove got down there and. Uh, Jessie, my wife, was next to me. She goes, oh, babe, it's flat. I go, hey, you know what, sweetie, don't worry about that. Like, it always looks flat. And then you get out there and, babe, trust me, it's massive. She's like, sweetie, I can see a family snorkeling, like 30 metres off the shore. I'm pretty, the reef is exposed. Like, I'm pretty sure the tide's well out. This isn't the right conditions for surfing. I just laugh. I go, sweetie, honestly, I used to I used to think I knew what I was talking about with surfing as well. I know it looks like there's no surf out there, but I'll go out there. She goes, you'd think there'd be more surfers out there. I go, sweetie, honestly, you're looking too far into it. Yeah, there's a family snorkeling. It's going to be their fault when they get pumped by a wave in a minute. So I, I started just walking from my car. There was people out just walking their dogs and uh, out with their families, having a good old time. And I, I was. They saw me with a surfboard, and, and I started to. I started to hear a few whispers. I started to hear a few people go, "Oh yeah, good luck catching a wave out there today, mate." I was like, "Oh mate, you guys, honestly, you just don't get it. You don't get it." Then I walked past a couple of guys who actually look like surfers. <laughs> you know, they look a little bit weather, a little bit weathered. Their hair was long. You could tell they were surfers. They had the rip curl jackets on. One of them goes, "Hey, have fun out there, mate." And <laughs> I could tell by I could tell by the way he said it that I'd misread the I'd misread the app, I'd misread the conditions. But I couldn't I couldn't just go back to the car and go, "Hey, babe, sorry, you were right." I'm a uh, maybe we will just go grab a coffee. Um, I committed. I said, "Yeah, no, nah, thanks, boys. Weather's about to change pretty short. Looks like it could be good." 
And they go, yeah, cool, mate, have fun. They knew, they knew that it wasn't. I, we, they knew that I knew that it wasn't as well, which was the most embarrassing thing. So I got out there and I just, I just sat in the water with my feet just dangling off the board and, and had a chat to the dad of the family that was snorkeling out there. Even I got out there and he, he poked his head up. He goes, mate, what are you doing out here? You having a surf, are you? That's going to be a long day. I go, mate, keep your voice down. If my wife hears you, uh, I'm going to hear about this the whole way home. I don't want her to know that she was right. And and I thought Jessie said she was just going to take our kid for a walk in the little little strap-on case at the front of her chest and she'd come back and meet me in half an hour. But I, I saw her. She had her phone out. She was taking photos of me and laughing. Um, just posting photos going, hey, have fun out there surfing, babe. Conditions look great. Lol, haha. So many people are liking it, laughing at it, love-hearting it. Oh, you're so funny, Jess. He's retarded. He doesn't he doesn't know how to read a surf app. I had to come in, I go, yeah, nah, babe. It was uh, there's a couple of good ones out there. She goes, Mate, I've watched you the whole time. You didn't you literally you sat there and talked to that bloke snorkeling while he looked after his daughter, his six-year-old daughter, while they snorkeled right next to the reef that you can't see if there's anywhere near surfing. I go, okay, hero. Like, I didn't know you were this is coming from a chick who I said to her a while ago, but go, babe, what, what's your what's your favorite hobby? Like, what are your hobbies? What do you enjoy doing? And she goes, I don't know. Like, like one of my favorite hobbies is I expected to say like tennis or golf or just going for a walk or a run or watching movies. You know, she, she said, she goes, I just enjoy um, like paddling out behind all the big waves and just and just sitting there. So I go surfing. She's like, no, I don't enjoy the surfing. I just I just like going out there and just laying on the board behind all the waves so I, I, like what i don't know if it doesn't have a name it can't really be a hobby like name one name one thing that people do as a hobby that doesn't have a name reading that's a hobby running surfing snorkeling football uh watching a movie catching up with friends no i've never i've never heard anyone say i just enjoy paddling out past like all the waves and just laying there on my board sunbaking why don't you just do it on the shore? She goes, it's not the same. It's not the same. It's nice when you can kind of feel the like the little bumps in the... I go, don't be smart-ass about the fact... Like, you know I get motion sickness. It's very close to home. So that's... Yeah. that That's one thing that I, I wasn't I wasn't overly happy about this week. Because I'm too vain, I think. I'm too... Like, it's... I don't want people to look at me and go, Oh, mate... Conditions are wrong. You've misread the conditions. Just maybe go back to the shore and try again. I'm that bloke at the gym who I I don't know. Actually, I'd love to know your thoughts on this. What is the regulation? What are the rules when it comes to looking at yourself in the gym mirror? So, because because last week I uh, I told you guys that my gym reopened because uh, obviously three months ago there were 70 cases that closed because it was dangerous. The scientists said close it, and and now there's 1,400 cases a day. They say no, open it because science says open it. You just got to. Like, get with the times. Do you know what I mean? So I was at the gym the other day, and I weighed myself in first day, 76 kilos, a little bit lighter than I liked, a little bit lighter than I was happy with. So I messaged a mate. I said, hey, the champ is what he saved in my phone. Hey, the champ, mate, if I'm not 80 kilos by January the 31st, 2021, I'm giving you 500 bucks. I promise to pay. No excuses. Uh, nothing but a peanut. We're a Ronnie Coleman. Ronnie Coleman reference for all you bodybuilders out there, bodybuilder fans at the very least. And so I've started increasing my diet. I've started increasing the food that I eat. I've got the My Fitness Pal app just to count my calories, keep my macros all. I want to do it well. Do you know? I don't just want to be this bloke who eats a couple of Big Macs and bang, you've hit the you've hit the weight target. Just have a couple of little man titties jiggle around every time you go for a run. <laughs> That's my worst nightmare. I literally have nightmares about that sometimes. Gone for a run. And just my little titties just jiggling around. And I'm not saying I'm not saying uh, that that's universal. I don't think it's something that women should be self-conscious about. 
you know what I mean? Not that, like, I'm a married man. I, I'm respectful. I look away in those situations as quick as I can. Sometimes there's, like, a slight delay. But I think it's like an appreciation. It's almost an appreciation. That's what you That's what you got to... I can say it. My, my wife never listens to this podcast. I got away with a few things last week thinking, all right, there's no way. I, I, I feel like the rule should be until she shows commitment to listening to this podcast, I should be allowed to say things like that. Obviously, I'm joking to an extent. You know, obviously, I don't do that kind of stuff to an extent. <laughs> but, and if I'm not going to get in trouble for it for saying it, at least maybe like, at least you and I can banter. We can have a little bit of fun together. I'm not going to stop having fun just out of the fact that uh, what she might say. We'll never. I don't want to live my life in hypotheticals. You know, I'm not getting caught up on hypotheticals. I'm just going to do what I'm going to do. Anyway, here's the thing. So I, I've been eating calories at a, at a pretty intense rate. Like I've been smashing through food. Try not. I get caught up on fruit as well. I don't just want to be the mandarin king where I go to the gym and shit myself <laughs> because, because I've eaten too many mandarins. It's, honestly, it's a problem I have. I think I have an addiction to fruit. Um, which I try and tell myself is not a bad addiction, but so many people go, oh, no, the fructose in fruit, it's not actually broken down as well as you think. Like the fiber that surrounds it doesn't actually do a good enough job filtering it through your body. It's almost like a jelly bean. I'm like, is that, is that actually true? Like, is, it, is there a correlation between the amount of sugar that you get from a jelly bean and the way it's absorbed and a, cause, and a mandarin? Because that, that seems unfair. If that is true, that seems incredibly unfair. Uh, yeah. And that was a, that was a side note. But... Here's the thing, I catch myself too much looking in the mirrors at the gym because they've got the lighting set up beautifully. They do the light, I think it's a trap. They do the lighting so beautifully. And but So the other day I was in there and no one, I'm at the Queenscliff gym here, no one goes to it really. It's pretty small. There's only ever one or two people max in there. The other day I was there by myself and I'd just done a massive big chest set. I was thinking, man, this this must look good. So I was I was doing a couple of poses in the in the mirror just trying to, just trying to like just make sure, hey, how's, how's the body looking? How's the pecs? Are they even? You know, am I over-focused on one particular part? Is the left one too big? Is the right one too big? Are they balanced? How are the triceps looking? What about the abs? You know, what about my glutes? Turn around, give them a little squeeze. <laughs> that one didn't happen. But the other ones, but then I got halfway through my routine. I looked over the back corner of the gym. There's a chick on a treadmill watching me. I go, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. Because I didn't see her standing there when, when I started my routine. And I was doing it, you know, when you like you do something when no one's watching and you go, oh, it's all right, I can really commit to this because no one's going to see it anyway. It's like picking your nose in the car and then someone drives past, they go, oh, caught you. You go, shivers, that's embarrassing. You just wait for them to get 50 meters ahead so you can start again. Get worried about the fact that their rear view mirror might be intense and focused on your driving seat so you're going to get caught. That's the kind of thing. I, it's something I'd be more than happy to commit to like, like I was when I'm by myself, but to know that there was... There was, there was some little glamour in the back left corner on the treadmill. Just watching me do the whole thing was embarrassing. Now, like it's embarrassing every time I go to the gym and I see her because I, I know she just sees me doing doing these poses in the gym. Do you know what I, Thank God I didn't pull my pants down and check my glutes. I say thank God, but honestly, I think my glutes are my best muscle. She probably she probably would have appreciated it. I got to, yeah, my, no, my glutes, are, I've, I've ran for years. Do you know what I mean? I honestly, people always make a joke that, oh, gee, nah, she could bloody ca- crack a bloody walnut between, I, n- none of my friends say that. And honestly, if anyone ever said that around me, I go, hey, that is despicable. But you've heard that phrase, haven't you? You've heard that. None of my friends say anything about girls cracking walnuts between their bum cheeks. All right. So stop assuming that's what I was trying to say. I was saying I've got friends of friends who I never hang out with because they're repulsive, ill, who, and those people say about girls that they don't even know that they could do that. I genuinely could. 
Maybe next week on the podcast, I'll even do it live for you. I, I seriously reckon, like if it was, it'd have to be a slightly weaker walnut for it to work because, um, I don't know, yeah, it'd have to have a point of weakness. You know when you're chopping wood in the backyard and it's not, you can't just go against the grain and if you find a little weak spot in the wood, it's easy to crack it. It's easy to crack it from top. It doesn't matter how hard you hit it. If you've got the wrong spot, it's just not going to crack. But I reckon it would be the same with a walnut. If I if I got it like uh, lined up on the grain, there was perhaps a slight little crack just to just to give me like a little advantage. Like when you rip your shirt, but you've got a little rip that no one can really see at the top. So you look as though you've ripped completely through your shirt, but it was actually like the, the tear had already began to take place. It'd be one of those ones. I'm not. I, I won't do it live. But but I just wanna I just wanted to let you know that I've I've thought about it, and that's I guess that just comes with the age. I'm 34 years old. I'm 34. I'm in shape. I'm feeling good. Um, as I said, I'm fit. Uh, I, I, I've been at the gym. I've been doing some yoga. Been going for some runs. Been getting my sleep. Eating well. Really good steps. I met her actually yesterday. I was about to go into the gym, and this lady walking her dog. She was an elderly lady. She walked past me, and I go, Hey, how you going? And she goes, oh, I'm going fine, darling. I go, That's fantastic. Um, she goes, I hope you can say that when you're 89, that you're going fine. She goes, I've never felt better. I go, that is, that is unreal. I go, you're 89. And uh, she goes, yes. She goes, are you surprised? I said, to be honest, I go, you don't look a day over 80. <laughs> she looked 89, but you can't, you can't just say to her, no, you, you look your age. You know what I mean? You look weathered. I can see in your face that you've had a bloody life. Get out of the sun and put some sunscreen on your dickhead. <laughs> I'm not going to say that to her because she was lovely. She was walking her dog. She was just trying to get some uh, afternoon sun. I said, oh, I go, hey, I, I'm, I'm working towards that. She goes, and that's the thing. You've got to work towards it. I go, oh, interesting. So what do you mean work towards it? She goes, you've got to get your exercise. You've got to eat well. Mm? You've got to relax. Give yourself some time to breathe. I thought, hey, interesting. That's good. And she goes, but you know what the most important thing is? You've got to stay a bit naughty. And she gave me a wink. There's a... It's a weird, it's, it's sort of strange to me when you catch a glimpse, because the older I get, the, the more I realize that, that whatever's going on on the inside of me, like on the, on the inside here, nothing, that, that's not getting older. Like I still feel as young and immature on the inside as, as I ever did. And she said to me, she said, oh, you got to say naughty. I said, wow, that was, that was quite confronting. But I got that vibe that she's 89 and experiencing the same thing. She actually said to me, she goes, as you get older, you can't get too serious. She goes, a lot of people make that mistake. But it was, I don't want to get too far off track because the point that I wanted to talk to you about was what she said about being naughty. Now, I want you to know, she was six years older than what my grandma would have been if she was still alive, but she gave me a wink, which was quite sexual, to be honest. I did a quick quick look on her wedding finger. She didn't have a ring. I start, I don't know, it's, it's, it's weird when you start thinking about 89-year-olds like that. Like, I don't really think about the sex lives of 89-year-olds until that point. But it was almost like... It's funny as you get older because you, I, I think you become maybe it's because I'm married now and I know I know I'm off the market. So the idea of, of talking to a girl just like it no longer terrifies me like it did when I was eighteen. Do you know? And no longer it's no longer scary because obviously there's nothing at stake. Like you're not trying to win anyone over. You're not trying to make any points. You're not trying to say, hey, you know what? Hey, look at the popplestone. Hey, he's got plenty to offer, huh? And then you get rejected. It's none of it's none of that. But as you get older. There's a there's a certain level of confidence that comes. Like maybe you've maybe you've failed a couple of times, or maybe you've taken a taken a whack a couple of times, or you've been rejected enough to know oh, like that that's not the end of the world. Imagine imagine that game at eighty nine. She did it with with an amount of confidence 
that absolutely blew my mind. It was actually quite attractive. I thought, you know what? It's the first time I've ever thought an 89 year old lady's a little bit of a babe. The very first time she gave me a wink, I go, oh, hello. I go, sorry, love, I'm married, but if I wasn't, huh, I'd cook you a roast dinner. <laughs> That sounded like sexual innuendo. It wasn't supposed to be. I was just trying to. I was just trying to meet her at where she is, and I feel like the eighty-nine-year-old grandma, uh, grandmas, they, they've always appreciated a roast. Like roasts are one of the things that I, I just think it comes with the territory. It was because back in the fifties and sixties, I think it was a fairly wholesome meal that you could get for cheap, especially if you went down to your local butcher, and you were loyal to him. Do you know what I mean? Like he would cut you a little bit extra off the meat. There's a lot of sexual innuendo that I'm not trying to make right here. You know, but talking about meat, winks, and 89-year-olds flirting, it's, we're there now, aren't we? So that was, a, it was an interesting experience. But she, she just did it with so much confidence, which was what I, what I appreciated. Because I always assumed that an 89-year-old lady, I don't know why I assumed this, but, but I guess I did. I just assumed that as an 89-year-old, she might be jealous of how young I was. The fact that I still got these gorgeous looks. You know, the lighting set up. I've been through this with you before. She wasn't. She was... She had a level of confidence in her that I, I just aspired to have. But but it was the first time in my life that I'd ever been approached by an 89-year-old. 80, and I left going, is it, what, did, did she just give me a sexy wink? That Like any any other context, if a 19-year-old girl, a 25-year-old girl, anyone under the age of 40, to be fair, gave me that wink, I would have thought, oh my God, they like the pop and they've got enough confidence to show it. She just went, she just, yeah. Anyway. It's, some of my mates as well are strangely attracted to older ladies. Not quite that old. Not quite that old. But I remember about eight years ago, one of my mates from Perth goes, hey, Tyson, you'll never believe it. I slept with a 53-year-old. I said, why? Like, why did you do that? That's not that if you're a 53-year-old and you're listening to this, it's not that, like, you might be an absolute babe. But the thing is, when you're 23 years old, it, I mean, that was my mum's age, to be fair. That's the thing. Like, there's a lot of people out there in the world. There's a lot of people that are into some interesting things. To be fair, that's probably quite tame. That's probably quite tame compared to whatever else people are into these days. You know, I've got to ask more questions because I'm not 100% sure what those things are, but I, I reckon you wouldn't have to go down uh, too far on Google to find something real sketchy. That's, that's just what I, I reckon that 89-year-old might be on there somewhere. I'm not going to look. I just don't want to see her like that. You know, you, you could see that the sun, had, the sun had worn her down a little bit, but... Here's the thing, yeah, 89 years old, I just appreciate the courage is what I'm saying. I just I just appreciate the courage. Anyway. Anyway, I've been thinking about that a lot the last couple of days, or the last 24 hours, I should say. It, it, it took me by surprise. It's amazing. I don't know if you guys find this as well, especially at the moment with everything that's going on with, with COVID and the fear and the chaos and the nerves and, and whatever else there is. There's a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of thoughts that are being thrown around, which I go, all right, is this legit or are you just terrified and this is the way you express your terror? Because I've noticed myself, I've started saying things to Jesse and I'm like, Tyson, do you really believe that? Or are you just are you just nervous about what's going on at the moment? Like some weird thoughts come out that I'm not really filtering through. And that's the, that's the thing. You can focus on something for so long that it starts to look real. I listened to a really interesting podcast on uh, on Joe Rogan a couple of weeks ago. It was a bloke who made a documentary all about QAnon, and he was talking about how all of these people um, who are, who are involved in QAnon are absolutely convinced by by everything that's going on. Like, when, so when Trump first got announced as though he had lost to Biden, uh, there was a there was a bloke that came on TV, and this was this is like the the foundation point of me noticing that people just make stuff up. He said uh, he came on TV and so confidently he goes. I can't wait for people to find out 
that Donald Trump is a step ahead of everyone. These votes are fraudulent. But what they don't know is that the fraudulent papers do not have a secret code and the legitimate papers do have a secret code. So all of those that were cast on uh, unlegitimate, illegitimate voting cards are going to be exposed for what they are, lies. And I was like, oh my God, this is insane. I can't believe this is about to happen. And then I waited and waited and like I like waited until about two weeks ago. Like I remember that guy. He said that within two months, all of this stuff stuff will come to pass. And then, this is the thing. This is the thing that frustrates me with people like or groups like QAnon. I'm not saying with everything because I don't know the group well enough to be able to just a blanket rule that they're all wrong about everything. Maybe they nailed a couple of things. I don't know. But I I think that kind of crowd they go no no. What's going to happen? is that's still going to be exposed, but it's actually, it's just been pushed back because we've been caught up a little bit. Like, so we thought it was going to happen three months ago. It's actually going to be three months further down the track. And I keep seeing these these slight adjustments of dates. I go, all right, are you, are you just living in fantasy land and you're trying to justify the fact that you've got a really interesting hobby that you don't want to let go because it might be wrong? Or... I don't know. The, the power we have in our mind is, is pretty impressive. It's pretty significant. There's a, there's a great ability that we have to, to make things that aren't real seem real if we just focus on it for long enough. I've done this. I, I literally practice this sometimes. Like the more, I've got a list of four things that, that is a classic sign that I'm spending too much. Like if, I, if I'm feeling stressed about something, usually it's because of one of four things. I'm either ruminating on something. So like there's a negative announcement in the news and it's just stewing over in my mind. And then I'm researching it, which just adds to how much I'm ruminating it. And then I'll go try to get reassurance. I'll go to Jessica, and go, babe, do you really think this is going to happen? And I get like this uh, emotional stability based on what she says. If she goes, no, this is actually going to happen. I'm like, oh my God, this is terrifying. I can't believe that the world's about to end like this. And then I've got to do these thought wandering forms because here's the thing. We've got the, I've got this cool ability or we've all got this cool ability to change the way we look at things. But... I don't know. I think it's a lot easier. It's like it's a lot easier not to go to the gym. But if you want to get muscles and fitness and strength, you have to go to the gym. Like you can have the best gym routine in the world, but if you're not going and putting it into practice, then you're not going to see any results. And so I think the same is true with mindset. If you are in a situation where you know you're focused on the wrong things and you've got some tools to actually challenge that faulty thinking, it doesn't matter how good those tools are. If you don't apply it, you're just going to get stuck down this rabbit hole of of fear and concern and what I feel like we're seeing a lot of that at the moment. There's a lot of people out there with a lot of opinions. I'm starting to go, all right, well, we can't all be right. Surely, like 90% chance I'll be right, but yeah, surely, surely the rest of us aren't right. Do you guys ever have that? There's a really cool, there's a really cool image that I always like to look at. It's like an it's either an old lady with a walking stick hunched over. It's like an optical illusion, or it's like a young, beautiful girl looking out from under a hood. And people often say, like quoted with that picture, it's not what you look at, it's, it's, uh, it's not what you look at, it's what you see. And it's true, like there's so many people in Australia right now who are like, hey, we live in the best country in the world, look how great our government's taking care of us while we're locked down and, you know, we're, we're avoiding all these extra deaths. And here I am, God, this is a disaster, you know, Dan Andrews is a muppet, he's a psychopath, sociopath, and he's got no plan for our future. He's bloody tied together with the CCP. And, uh, you know, we're going to be a communist country in the next 12 months. <laughs> That's the kind of stuff I've got to start to challenge at the moment. I don't know, though, because you have to have a line in the sand somewhere. You have to, like, there, there is truth. Like, something has to be true. There's no such thing as not truth. Do you know what I mean? Like, people always say, hey, live your truth. I don't, I don't really know what that means. I think what they're trying to say is, hey, hey, just live true to your values. Do you know what I mean? Unless your values are opposite to my values, then maybe just convert to my values. Otherwise, I'll defriend you on Facebook, you cockhead. <laughs> but um, 
Yeah. What was I talking about? Yeah, we, we just get so focused on particular thoughts that we come to believe it. Um, I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, that's what I was going to say. But I feel like there has to be a line in the sand somewhere where we go, all right, you know what? I'm not going to tolerate uh, this kind of behavior anymore. That's what I'm torn between at the moment. I want to be go with the flow, but I also want to be like, all right, like say my wildest dreams and this bloke is tied up with the CCP and he's trying to make us a communist country by the end of the year. Tough, tough gig in three months. But he's bloody made some, he's made some traction and I can't work anymore because I haven't got the jab. <laughs> People are like, oh, you're so immature. You just go and get the jab. I go, no, you know what? I'm not not going to get it. The harder they push, like, I'm not going to talk about that again today. I've already upset my mum with it last week. I told you about that, you know, where I stand. Um, I, I'm doing so well. We're 45 minutes in and that was the first time I mentioned it. It's going to be the last time I mention it as well. Anyway, I don't know where I was going with that, but essentially what I'm trying to say is, hey, we've got to take we've got to take a little bit more care to to think about what we're going, uh, what we're allowing to go through our minds, what we're ruminating on, what we're thinking about. You know, if you're feeling flat, if you're feeling crap, hey, you've got the capacity to change your thoughts, and I think that's a really empowering thing. You don't have to be beat up by your thoughts. Otherwise, the fact that I was abused by a learner driver not that long ago would probably be still be playing around in my mind. That's a that's a, a lot of confidence for a learner driver, isn't it? I got my license when I was 18 years old. I'm now 34. That's 16 years. This learner driver, let's say he's just got his learners. He was 16 years. So I've been driving for as long as this kid's been alive. And this kid, I was trying to do a reverse park a few weeks ago. There was a, there was a perfect space. I had my indicator on to suggest I was going to do a reverse park. Despite the fact I had my indicator on and the fact there was another lane there, he refused to go around me. So he just came and sat, here's me, here's him. I needed to back up. So I was I was trying to, I was trying to just back back up a little bit and say, hey, mate, like there's a there's a car park right here that I'm trying to get into. You're just going to have to back up or you're going to have to go around. This bloody 16-year-old kid had enough swagger to go, hey, dickhead, he's honking his horn, he's yelling at me, he's abusing me. I thought it's it's always interesting in those situations because obviously I don't want to be the, the fuel to fuel that flame that he had going, but I also don't want to be the little bitch that's just back down and goes, okay, hey, no worries, you just... um. You just do what you're going to do. But this guy, for him, it was like a life and death situation. This guy was like, no, no matter what happens, you are not getting in this car park. He didn't even want it. He didn't even He didn't even want it. He just uh, He just didn't want me to have it, was the thing. <laughs> he just didn't want me to have it. Which, it sounds like me being competitive with my friends in primary school when there was one caramello koala. I didn't care who won it, if I didn't win it, as long as it wasn't my best mate. Do you know? Like, anyone else can win it, but if my best mate wins it and rubs in my face how he's better than me, I just can't. I can't handle that. So for me, it became life and death. Maybe for him, that was a life and death situation. Maybe he had memories of his dad being abused uh, for, for you know, not uh, stealing a reverse park. I don't know. Crazy things have happened, haven't they? You don't know exactly what's going on in someone's life until bang, they're up your ass, uh, beeping their heart. Not literally. Do you know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not saying I'm into that kind of thing, especially he's 16. And even if he wasn't, like still, I'm not that into, I'm a straight, I'm a straight man. I don't want to spend too long here because if I start trying to justify that too much, it makes it look as though that's less true, but it is true. I'm a straight, I'm a straight man, and, and never even experienced. I'm saying he was like in terms of his car being at my ass. You freak. Do you know what I mean? Look at you guys. Already got your pants around your ankles. Going, oh my gosh, this podcast is so sexual. <laughs> it's it is weird. I said before, people have got these weird, weird sort of fetishes. Have you guys heard that ASMR on? Uh, is it ASMR on YouTube where people like they just they they have a microphone. And, and they have the, the camera facing, like on YouTube, you need a microphone and a camera facing you. Probably, it's like saying the mountains outdoors. You don't really need a, you don't really need to clarify that. It just comes with the territory. But then there's these chicks that, that sit there and they're eating like, like crab, crayfish, spaghetti, and they're, they're sucking up the sauce. 
and they've got, they've got millions. Of, I'm tempted to start a channel like that because I don't know what the advertising revenue of a, of a subscriber count of 2 million with, say, like 2 to 10 million views on your videos would be, but like that's pretty significant revenue. If that's all it takes, I don't like, and they're not attractive either. There was one big black chick who, who like, she just she was not attractive at all, and she was she was sucking up these noodles like they were going out of fashion. It was it was insane. It had it had like five million views. I remember a kid at school showed me once. I go, hey, you know what? I just feel so confused. Can you maybe not? Because I, I don't like it when people at the best of time. I can't I can't sit in like an Asian food court where there's noodles because I hate slurping. Do you know what I mean? And the Asian culture, they love it. It's their favorite thing. It's, it's, I don't know, even as a kid, I couldn't handle that. Just that slurping noodle. Slurping noodle. I don't know, slurping noodles. Are people, are, are people watching that because it's attractive to them? I'm sure some of them are, like with 5 million views. There'd be a couple, there'd be a couple of people in there who are watching it to get themselves off, surely. But I don't, I don't know. It's a, I personally don't get it. I, I, they've got the gain on the microphone turned right up as well, so you hear every little thing, like the, every little click. You know what? I, oh, I listened to a podcast on Hero a while ago and I heard a couple of little pops and I was like, oh, gee, careful, Toss. But it gave me the idea, maybe I could start that channel. Could be like a health channel. Me drinking smoothies, eating like spelt pasta. <laughs> maybe I could suck, like, suck the noodles up real quick and then talk about the nutritional benefits of it. So two birds, one stone, bang, ASMR, and bang, health freaks, both at once. It's an idea. And it's just an idea. I probably won't do it. I don't have enough time in the day to be starting new hobbies. Uh, hobbies. I already already talked to you about that. Yeah. Um, what else did I want to talk to you guys about today? I told you at the start. Oh, I told you at the start that I'm trying to lower lower the amount of time that I spend on Facebook. Well, actually, I told you flat out that I'm not going to be on there for 12 months. But this has been something that's been on my mind for the last couple of weeks. To be fair, the last couple of weeks I'm like, all right, I've really got to lower screen time. And I've, I've, I've got like a, a group of mates and at the moment we're keeping each other accountable that for the next 40 days, we're going to lower our screen time down below an hour. I'm usually pretty good. Mine's, I have quick checks, but I, I go back to it. I'm checking the time. I'm checking, you know, I'm adding in food. I'm using it for helpful purposes a lot of the time. But if I've got Instagram on my phone, I'm in, I'm in trouble. Instagram's a sucker. I've deleted that off my phone, especially during this challenge. But what I've caught myself doing now is because of the fact that... Uh, because of the fact that I'm trying to lower my screen time, I can't be on Instagram on my phone. So I just, I've, I've found a real good hack to it. And that is, if you're, if you're trying to lower your screen time, just check Instagram off your wife's phone. <laughs> check Instagram off your wife's phone. That's, uh, my screen time is not an accurate representation at the moment of how much time I'm spending on my phone. Because I'd say 90% of my screen time is, is probably on my wife's phone. I, say, I go to it at the end of the day sometimes, I go, babe, look, I only spent four minutes on my phone today. She goes, well, I haven't touched my phone today. And it says I've been on there for an hour 46. I go, oh, wow, touche. What? <laughs> so I don't, how do you guys go with screen time? Like what's the, I, 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 work with a, I work with a chick who, I think hers is like eight hours a day. But it, it, like when you've got maps and stuff on your phone, obviously that adds up. And there's little, there's little sneaky ways that you can lower it as well. Like if, for example, uh, you're trying to reduce your screen time, you got to be careful that you don't set the lock screen to never. Because if you never lock it, you might come back an hour later and it says your screen time for the day is an hour. For me, that is so frustrating. Because then I've got to try and justify to the boys, no, no, I wasn't on there for an hour. I just left it unlocked. And then, you know, I sound like a little bitch. <laughs> I, I, sound like a, I sound like I'm being a little bit of a bitch. Anyway. Anyway. 
yeah, was there anything else in particular? I've got a couple of notes here that I wanted to talk to you about. Um, I don't have time to go through all of them, but but one of the things that I, I don't think I've told you guys this yet, it's I always find that I always find the debate between um, AFL and AFLW really interesting. So if, for those of you who are listening from overseas, AFL is like a, a men's version of Australia's sport, and AFLW the W just stands for the same game, but it's the women's version. And we're trying at the moment where we're in a culture where obviously we frown upon sexism, and so we should. Like it's not it's not good when it's real, but then there's. There's there's a weird blurry line between all right what's sexist and what's just uh, what's just not normal. Do you know what I mean? Like not normal, but what what have we been used to? And it's just going to take some time to warm up to. So over here at the moment, we're really trying to do our best to 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 treat AFLW players like superstars, like men. Despite the fact men have been playing for like 110 years, um, it's taken them a while for to professionalise the sport. It's taken a while to to really see the cream of the crop come through, see the coaching uh, elements work out in the game really well. Uh, but we're trying to just—we're just trying to throw girls out there straight away as being like, "Hey, they're as good as the guys." And at the moment, like they're, they're very talented. They're very good. A lot of them. A lot of them are actually. I've—I've I've actually humbly changed my opinion on this because I've watched some of the girls play over the last couple of years. I go, "Holy crap!" Like that's a, uh, like, like you could you could on it like you wouldn't match local community level football league boys team, but maybe the under nineteen C team would just beat you if you had a good day. Do you know? <laughs> You know, and people get angry when you joke about this stuff. People go, "No, honestly, like, like they're men and women are the same at everything. We're all the same at absolutely everything." It's not true. Otherwise, otherwise, like uh, UFC, there'd be men fighting women. Though that's starting to change now as well. That's a bad example. It's terrible. I don't know. I just, I think we've got to be careful when we're trying to talk about, hey, like, let's treat men and women as equal. That whatever we're speaking about, uh, you know, there's not a physical advantage to a man because otherwise that's just like we also have signs up around Melbourne saying, hey, domestic abuse is bad. Men don't bash women. And then we get in a UFC ring. We see some man fighting some woman. You go, hang on a second. What just happened here? Do we still care about this? They say, shut up, racist. Um, it's not racist. It's a woman. A oh, sexist is what I meant. Sorry, I got confused. I was so caught up in the moment. I got emotional and just called you a racist. I knew it ended in <laughs> But I was at a school a couple of weeks ago and the school was told, hey, we've got some AFL stars coming out to the school. You guys are going to be so excited. They're from Geelong Football Club. You guys are going to love it. These guys are superstars. And the kids are like, oh my God, like ever, ever since I was a little kid, I've just dreamt of meeting these guys. I just cannot believe it's about to happen. I'm so excited. And then the day finally came around. Kids have had a three-week lead up to this and the AFL stars got there. And I had this PE class and, and two ladies came into the class. Lovely ladies, awesome, talented footballers. They came in. I said, hey, guys, how you doing? And they go, hey, we're here for the football day. I was like, oh, what, what football day is this? They said, oh, um, we're the AFL stars. I go, oh, <laughs> you guys are the AFL stars. Cool. That is awesome. No, because I really love, I'm trying to make small talk, I love footy. I love all kinds of footy, boys, girls, men, women. Like As long as it's footy, bring it to me. And uh, they could see on my face that I was flustered. They, they caught me off guard because I was, I was thinking we were going to see the danger fields of the world come out and, and give a little talk. And to be fair, I thought, oh, Ty, you've got to be careful with that, mate, because people get very offended about that these days. And uh, I had a prep class. So I took these two AFL stars. I took these two AFL stars around the corner. I go, guys, I tried to do my best job. I go, we have promised you now for three weeks that we've got some AFL stars coming, in to the, uh, coming into the school to teach you guys how to play football. Are you ready to meet them? And um, they go, yeah, yeah, woohoo. And I go, here they are. And the two ladies were standing next to me. And one kid goes, where are they? I go, no, these are the AFL stars. These are the AFL stars. And one other kid goes, they're women. <laughs> My 
My dad says girls aren't as good at football. I say, like, hey, dad, your dad's an asshole. <laughs> Tell your dad stop being a prick. That's what I say to your dad. Huh? Where is he? In prison? She's like, no, he works in the office. Oh, I was joking. Anyway, one kid goes, oh, one kid got so upset. He goes, Mr. Popplestone came to me later. He goes, Mr. Popplestone, I've been so excited to meet AFL stars. He goes, this is just shit. I go, oh, buddy, I'm so sorry. But you can't say that, you sexist little prick. So get back out there and learn how to play football, all right? You're not going to learn as well as you can. No, that, <laughs> I was joking. You're not going to learn as well as you could. Maybe that's true. I guess it depends on the skill level of the girls. Like, I wouldn't have been a good a teacher as as a lot of the boys on my team. So that's the truth, isn't it? Like, people automatically, their minds, or my mind immediately went to, oh, you can't say that because that's putting women down. But maybe, maybe there's a chance that they wouldn't have been as good at coaching football. But the same is true for another guy. Yeah, maybe if you had two guys there, they wouldn't be as good at coaching other. Here's the thing. Don't take much I say too seriously. This is a, don't you hear the guy at the start of this podcast? What are you going to tell us, tough guy? He goes, my usual, zero, nothing. That's what this is. This is me having a conversation with some of my friends and some people who don't know me. Hey, some people who don't know me, I saw a couple of one-star reviews come through for this podcast the other day. I thought, you know what? I appreciate the honesty. I saw one guy left a comment with one star and I recognized his name. I was like, hang on a second. That's actually, that's one of my old mates. He's clearly just having a dig. <laughs> I know who this guy is. BJ, I know who that is. I saw it the other day. I can't blame him though. Good on him. I'd probably give this podcast one star as well. Anyway, it's that's the thing with, uh, I've, I've got it listed as a comedy podcast because what else are you supposed to call it? Some parts of it might be funny to some people. You know, I only laughed at some parts of Chappelle's new special. It's called a comedy special. Huh? That's the thing. Uh, Humour is so subjective. I'm allowed to call it comedy because everyone's into something. But this is the thing. I found out a while ago. They reckon it takes you 10 years to get good at comedy. I heard Joe Rogan say a while ago on a podcast, don't even consider yourself a comedian until you've been doing it for 10 years. I was like, oh, gee, I've just called myself a comedian on this podcast. And I'm only two years in. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, a, that's humbling, isn't it? Like I, I can tell, looking back at this podcast in eight years sounds like a terrifying experience because if I'm eight years away from being anywhere near calling myself a comedian, then two years in must be horrendous comedy. But as I said, it's not necessarily all. This is just me sharing stories with you, a bit of a lighthearted chat, sharing with you what's been going on in my week, what I think of a couple of issues. I'd love to know what you guys think of any, uh, any issues as well. Maybe you should start a podcast. Anyway, go and have a look at the YouTube video as well, by the way. I can't keep recording this if I keep seeing four views next to it. <laughs> it looks so good. I've got a fantastic studio set. You have no idea how proud I am to, uh, to be here. Anyway, what else have I got? Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share some of these ideas with you with you next week, all right? I told you about that. I told you, I haven't told you about Jesse. Uh, Jesse, yeah, that's one, I'll, I'll just tell you this. Uh, it's initiating a conversation that I'm not gonna start right now. It just says, baby, you're awake. Essentially, what I was gonna tell you about is I'm a very deep sleeper at the moment, but my wife's got a, she's got a secret way of, of, of waking me up, so it's my time to go check Charlie. Charlie. So she'll say, um, I'll be sound asleep, it'll be 12.04 a.m. And uh, I'll hear her go, baby, you're awake. I said, what? Am I awake? It's 12.04. She said, baby, you awake? Uh, pardon? What did you say? She says, oh my God, babe, I've asked you nine times are you awake. You didn't answer. <laughs> so it's I, essentially what I wanted to tell you guys, she doesn't speak like that at all. My wife's lovely. She always feels guilty. What she does, because she doesn't want to ask me, hey, can you go get Charlie? She'll ask me until I hear her, hey, are you awake? And then when I eventually wake up and say, okay, I'm finally awake. It's 12. What? Like, what? I'm in bed unconscious. I'm not. I'm not awake. Stop asking me that question. I thought there was someone in my dream asking me that question. I was getting so confused. 
that's a little that's a weird way to finish a podcast but it's how we're going to finish this podcast because i knew I, I didn't really need to initiate that conversation right now i didn't give it enough time i didn't give it enough space i don't want to talk for longer than an hour she'll be home from the pool soon with little charlie boy i'm responsible for going to put the lentils in the pan with a can of tomatoes and three cans worth of water just to get that simmering for a 5 30 uh, p.m dinner time with little charlie boy before he goes to bed bath time 5 45 bedtime 6 15 bang and just like that we've done it again just like that, we've done it again. Six episodes in. We're not mucking around. I hope you enjoyed that. I enjoyed being here with you. Uh, have a great rest of your week. I'm sure I love you. If I haven't met you, hey, much love to you. Even if I don't love you, consider that I do. Chuck that little little bit of a love heart that I've just thrown at you in your pocket and carried around with you. Keep a smile on your face. Stay positive. All right, don't get stuck in those emotional thoughts so much that you, are, you start to believe bullshit. I do that sometimes. It's not as much fun. Anyway, I'll see you next week. Mwah.